0: give it about a minute hey we're live we're there um i won't do the intro joe just yet but um we'll give it a minute or so to uh, people to join in and say hello um but we had a few tech issues uh getting in so we've literally spoke for 10 seconds before we've gone live can we just
1: clarify that the tech issues weren't
0: me? no they weren't no no it was it was a link <laughs> issue so you are I that really
1: clear the boys that got the tech wrong
0: it was us that got it wrong yeah yeah it, it happens you know we're uh, as we're sort of i'm not actually i'm not gonna make excuses i'm not it's just <laughs> but thank you you're here we can sit calmly we can relax let's 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 do a bit of box breathing <sighs> everyone's going what are these people what have i tuned into here
1: i've got my sleepy tea
0: oh nice yeah i've just got some water <laughs> anyway keep you away. <laughs> yes we'll keep you away we'll keep you away anyway we're a minute into the show welcome uh to the Dada soul deep dive with me mark and we're here today with joe fuller from the merry menopause hello joe good evening everybody hi mark hello thank you very much for joining us um so we're going to be talking about the menopause we're going to be talking about periods and i'm sure we're going to cover Maybe subjects in between. It's as I said to you briefly before we came in. It's it's not something I ever thought about talking about really, but it's something as as a dad, um, as a, as a husband, it's a subject that that I'm going to have to to cover at some point. And I know there's dads out there that are going to be listening today that have got daughters, and we we can cover talking about periods and stuff like that. Um, you know, it must be quite difficult. Luckily, I will well, say, luckily, I have four boys, so. It's it's not a subject I'm going to have to go down myself, but hopefully, guys, if you're out there, you know, ask uh, ask away, ask your questions. You know what it's like, and hit that share button. Um, So I'm going to give a quick intro uh, to Joe from the Merry Menopause. Uh, Joe's mission is to change the negative narrative and social stigma surrounding the menopause and periods. She is raising awareness of issues surrounding and understanding the treatment of women's mental and physical health, and encouraging women to harness. The power of hormones. Hormones have a huge impact on relationships, which is why it's so important we start talking about the impact with men in our lives. Well, Joe, is there anything more you want to add to that intro?
1: no I mean, that sort of sums it up. I mean, it, it seems to me that it that men seem to think that this is a conversation they're not included in. Yeah, and it's it's just for women, and actually, you know, that's. Probably what has happened over historically is just something that we haven't discussed. It's, we've been embarrassed about it, there's been shame around it, um and that's led, I think, to this really uh negative narrative that we've got around women's hormonal health and the stigma that it's not discussed, it's not an open conversation. That you know, if you live in a house, a family house, you hide your you know, tampons and your sanitary towels, you know, they're not it's, it's hidden away and you know, it's not talked about. But actually, it can transform the opening up that conversation as to how a woman's feeling every month because she we are in a cycle and at the mercy of our hormones can transform a family can transform a relationship can transform a work relationship a friendship just by being honest about how you're feeling
0: it's strange isn't it i wonder why it's such a you know a taboo subject something that's not talked about when it's something that's so natural um you know it is I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, you know, I, I would have a question: Is it something that that is something the stiff upper lip thing in England? Is it talked about in other countries? Why don't we talk about it?
1: I think, I mean, if we go back, I'm not going to get on my feminist high horse here, uh, but if we go back, you know, women we, we burnt women as witches, <laughs> you know, and women are like so We go up and down. Our mood goes up and down, and yeah. we we'll become more intuitive at certain times of the month. We'll be, you know, our mood changes. And I think when people couldn't understand that we were dictated to by hormones and they saw these big shifts in a lot of women, they thought they were possessed and witches and blah, blah, blah. And I think we've been dulled down. We've been taught We've been taught to really not express ourselves and not show our power and not talk about these fluctuations and these mood changes because we they're going to get us in trouble. But actually, I think they're going, to free the, they're going to free us up if we're honest and authentic about how we're
0: yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're living in a much uh, more open world, you know, something that that we want to do as dad to soul is, is be better dads, uh, be better partners and, you know, understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, I, I, just, you know, when, when you were first, um, you know, I sent a link to your site, I thought, Oh, you know, this isn't some, something I've even considered. And that's, that's a really strange thing, isn't it? You know, I need to understand what's, what's happening. Um, and as many dads do.
1: And, and you're not on you're not your own, Mark, you know, don't don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, it is slowly, hopefully, and doing, you know, broadcasts like this to a male audience, it's, you know, will slowly, you know, get men talking and joining in the conversation and not be afraid to ask or not be afraid to mention it. And I think there's ways that you can approach it, you know, you can go, oh, my God, it's not one thing to your period. That's just going to wind somebody up.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. So I
1: like, don't go there, but if you can sit down with your partner, or your mom, or your sister, or your daughter, and have a conversation about how they're feeling. And even if you've got the knowledge to bring them to the table, because they're not aware of it, not every woman has got the information that I've got. You know, I see myself as as a curator of information that wants to pass that on and empower women to understand. Because you don't need a medical degree to understand what's going on mentally and physically every month. It's really simple, but you've just got to be vulnerable enough out the information and
0: talk about it. Uh, so what led you to um, starting up uh you know your support work, work starting up the the merry menopause? Uh what was well,
1: the catalyst? Was yeah. So yeah. early 40s. So the menopause starts before your period stops.
0: So okay. to me, it was something that
1: happened in my 50s. My friends thought of a joke about, you know, you'd go somewhere, you'd be a bit hot, you know, take a jump off, oh have a hot smash. It's that kind <laughs> of, you know negative connotations we yeah. all shut up you know that's that's why over there that was in L50. It doesn't, it starts in your early 40s and that's what we call the perimenopause. That's when the symptoms start. Um and in my early 40s I started to get really bad anxiety and I had never suffered before from anxiety and that came out of the blue and I didn't have anything to be particularly anxious about relationship wise, work-wise, parents-wise, health-wise. It just came out of nowhere. I now know that that's called GAD, Global Anxiety Disorder. So when right. you're not specifically anxious about anything, you've just got general anxiety. Um, my sleep became really, really bad. My mood dropped. So I was really low. As did my energy, and I started to ache. So what? You know, and I really thought there was something. I was a chronic illness, mental or physically. I thought there was something going on. And so I researched it. I started talking about it. Um, with some older women where I exercise, and I learned that it was actually really, really natural and it's called the perimenopause. And it was the precursor to my menopause. The menopause happens around the age of 51 and it's one day, it's the very last day of your last period.
0: And many right. women
1: don't even know when that day is unless they cycle track. So you look at it retrospectively. So the symptoms, you then, after that one day, you then go into. Um, post-menopause. So when you haven't had a period for a year you're then deemed postmenopause, but your symptoms can still continue. So the symptoms can continue into mid to late 50s. And for some women, you know, they they can carry on into later life. Um, so it's this big period, it's roughly around 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's that's like you can be
1: symptomatic and you can go from being you know a, a really happy fit healthy 40 year old to suddenly what the hell is going on. Um, and that's what happened to me. And I was just so um, upset by the lack of information that was available. I really had to go digging around for it. Um, and I just didn't want other women to know because as soon as I knew what it was, I felt so much better. I felt like 90% better. And I know that when I get little pains of anxiety, now I know exactly what it is. I know it's a drop in my remote. Um And it was that knowledge that gave me the power to understand that I was actually okay. It was normal. Every woman will have a menopause. Yeah. If you was going to have a baby, but every woman's going to have a menopause if she lives long enough. Um, and it was on that experience like I started the merry menopause, and it was like women need to know this, and men need to know this. It happens to, you know, 51% of the world's population. And then yeah. most women, you know, life expectancy is 81. So you've got 30 years post menopause.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's how do they manage those symptoms, and how do they live, at, you know, a healthy 30 years? Because it doesn't mean that it's the end of your sex life your relationships your work life at all it's a really empowering transition if you look after
0: yourself and listen to yourself it's it, it almost seems you know going back to it being you know taboo or not talked about um you know is it something that should happen in our education system is it something that's happening in our education system now and as a dad as a parent now i don't have girls but is it something i should be talking about with my parents right now uh, my parents, <laughs> with my with my children now, if, if I've got girls, should we be yeah, talking about this?
1: Even talk about two boys. I mean, when I, okay. I started very Menopause, uh, what are we in 2020, 2019, International Women's Day 2019, and I registered the website, and the young lad, got, lad on the end of the phone couldn't pronounce the word menopause. He'd never seen it.
0: Right.
1: And that was to me, it was like, oh, okay, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and it is now going on the curriculum. So there will be, um, it will be taught in schools. So it will be a word that people will be familiar with. I don't know how much depth they'll go into. I mean, my big passion is to reach younger women so that that when they, in their early 40s, when their symptoms start, they know what's going on. It's not a shock. A lot of women feel like they've been hit by a bus and it really shouldn't be that way. Many GPs, GPs get seven hours training currently on the menopause. Right. Three months on gyne and as I said, not everyone's going to have a baby. And a lot of women go to their GPs in their early forties, and they put putting antidepressants, or they give given anti-inflammatory drugs because their bones are aching. So the doctors, there's a lot of work to do for education-wise in the medical world, and it is happening. It is happening.
0: That's incredible, really, isn't it? Something that all women will go through, and they have such little training on it, and that that just blows my mind, really.
1: Do you think the amount of women that will walk into that surgery with symptoms and they'll go, oh, no, it's not, no, you're too young for the menopause? It's like, no, it's Yeah, yeah it's shocking. <laughs> I mean, I think women's health can actually be women's rights issue. I think the amount of women that have yeah. got on medication that they don't need actually just needs to explain to them it's a transition. And certainly, you know, there are medications that will can help, but it's not an illness. The menopause is not an illness. It's not something we can cure. No. You, can cure. you can't cure periods. No, you can't the menopause, you just, you can manage it, and the symptoms can be managed. Um, and some women won't suffer at all, some women will have a dreadful time, and then some women like me will be somewhere in the middle, but managing it because they've got the knowledge of what's
0: going on. Um, so uh, Kylie uh, Johnson just popped up here, good to hear this being openly discussed, recognise the symptoms completely, now on HRT and hoping it will help um my employer runs menopause training and it, as it can really affect your work it was invaluable um guys if you've got questions out there now now's the time to ask them dads come on you know let, let's get these in there as well but uh, you know we we have a, a female audience here too so uh, please you know join in with the conversation so to a layman what is HRT so HRT is hormone replacement
1: therapy so basically what's happening is we start our hormonal journey in puberty with our periods. And then we have a monthly cycle, uh, our menstrual cycle, which is, you know, the main purpose is for us to get pregnant. That's what it's there for. Every month yeah. we're for a pregnancy, whether we have or not. <clears throat> uh, and in that cycle, our oestrogen goes up and down. And the oestrogen is the hormone that makes us feel amazing. So, you know, just before we ovulate, when our estrogen's high, um, you know, for a lot of women, your skin will be really clear. You'll be quite flirtatious. You'll find... More people are looking at you, it's just, you know, your best self. They call it, I've heard it called the Beyonce hormone, because you are, you're just, you know, for like a couple of weeks of the month, sort of seven to eight days, you are feeling your absolute best and you'll do anything for everybody, nothing's an effort. It's a fantastic time. And then your estrogen will decline uh, as your body prepares for pregnancy. And a lot of women don't understand that that decline isn't a mental health issue, that's just a natural, their mood will go down. Their sleep might become disrupted, they will have you know PMS symptoms. There's nothing wrong with them, it's completely normal. And the progesterone, which is the calming hormone, then takes over a potential for pregnancy. If you don't have a pregnancy, you then have a bleed, and then we start again, and the oestrogen comes up, Everything's feels great, and then it comes back down. So when we come into our perimenopause, we stop um ovulating, so we're losing our eggs. So when we have no eggs left to fertilise, we're not ovulating, that's that's our menopause and we stop having our periods and it's the estrogen that's the main hormone involved and hrt replaces that estrogen
0: right okay so that that can balance out um you know the, the losses within your body and is that something that you would be on continuously or during that perimenopause or after
1: so there's you i mean there's still a huge amount of um controversy around hrt so okay. there was a, a big um uh, here we go, brain fog. This is my big. This Sorry. is my big thing. It's like, right, can't just can't remember that. There was a big report came out two thousand three in the Lancet, which linked HRT to breast cancer. It was a really bad study. It was done on women who were obese. They were in their late fifties, um, and it was completely ditched. But it caused uh, a huge all A lot of women came off HRT. A lot of women got really really scared. The evidence now points to the fact that HRT can actually be really beneficial long term. Um, it can help you with your bone density, it can help with um, early onset dementia, it can help with heart disease, wow. um, as well as all the um, sort of energy, skin, all the sort of uh, um, outward facing symptoms. It can actually really do long term benefits. So it replaces that estrogen. You do have to take progesterone with it to stop a build-up of the womb lining, because obviously, if you're taking oestrogen, your body's still thinking that you're going to ovulate. Okay. Um, so you will, as long as you're on HRT, you will have a monthly bleed.
0: Right. Okay. If you go through
1: the menopause actually, you won't you stop bleeding.
0: Right. So, it, and it's it's something that you you would be on for for that period of time to to try and rebalance under your, your body, body
1: under your doctor's guidance.
0: Right. Okay. If
1: you if you look. So, something that again isn't really widely known is we have adrenals or adrenal glands, two yep. like walnut shaped glands above our kidneys, control our stress. Our stress is all about the adrenals. We release cortisol um, and adrenaline. And what's really important about managing stress, and many of the symptoms I believe in the perimenopause can be managed if we go back to our stress levels. A lot of them are produced by excessive amounts of cortisol and adrenaline and high stress and lifestyle choices surrounded by stress and made through stress. But once our ovaries stop producing those sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone and testosterone, because we lose our testosterone as well, um, our adrenals kick in. And they will give us bursts um, births of these three sex hormones. Not as much as we had in our fertile years, but enough to keep us going, enough for a little bit of bone health, heart health, dementia. And as long as we're looking after ourselves and putting steps in place to manage our wellbeing, we can actually get enough um, hormone back up from our adrenals. If we've knackered our adrenals by being stressed out and not looking after ourselves, they're not going to do their job.
0: And how many people in, in this world at the moment are, are very stressed out? I think, uh, you know, uh, that mental health is such a big thing at the moment. And, um, you know, it, it's... With so much going on and so much input, you know, I think it, it's having an effect, isn't it? On, on...
1: so many women at this stage in their life, you know, you look at women in their early to mid forties and later, you know, they're probably doing really well on the career level, many of them, you know, reaching a you know really high level in the career world. They've got young children, aging parents, and won't be having uh, problems in their marriage, you know, it's a really, really stressful time. And these stress this stressful time will exacerbate many of the symptoms.
0: Right, okay. Um, right, everyone, uh, you are here listening, watching to the Dada Soul Deep Dive. I am here with Joe Fuller from the Merry Menopause, and we are talking about the menopause and period. Not a subject I thought I'd be talking about on Dada Soul, but very interesting, something that's going to affect us all. I believe uh, we've got a comment to punch up on screen. Uh, so, hi, Sanjay. Nice to hear from you. Um, I feel like I'm failing at being a good husband and a dad. Uh, daughter is 15, typical teenager, and my wife is 44. Has been going through early menopause. We speak rarely about the menopause, but she deals with it by uh, by taking no medication, uh, but works out either at home or works 30 kilometers every weekend. Wow. Uh, not a day goes by where she's not out cycling, walking, running, gym, etc. I seem to forget this is her way of handling it and we spend less and less time together, um, and I, I work at home. Um, yeah, I mean, that is that, is that quite a common thing? Is that, you know, something that we need to understand? Well, I
1: think, first of all, Sanjay, you're you not failing at being a husband. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Really. I mean, you've asked a question. You, you're here to, to get some support and advice. Absolutely, for Sandy. Family. So, uh, yeah, like, I think you'll brilliant husband and father for actually you know being vulnerable enough to ask a question. Um I would say looking at I mean obviously you know nothing about you and your wife, but looking at that, your wife seems to be putting an awful lot of um so exercise is really, really good for you, really, really good for you, whatever stage of your life you're at. We can't, you know, condone exercise. She's doing an awful lot of exercise which will be impacting her adrenals. And that will be impacting her stress levels and that will be exacerbating her symptoms. Um, so there's probably another deeper conversation that you may need to have as to why she's exercising to that extreme, because that seems like an awful lot of exercise, and why she's trying to get out of the house. There's obviously a menopause conversation definitely, definitely needs to, ha- to happen. And, and hopefully, you know, it's something you can bring up from listening to us this evening because to me, that screams like she's desperately trying to get out of the house, and she's avoiding maybe having the conversation. She's really trying to avoid talking about what's going on. Maybe she doesn't know what's going on. You know, maybe she's she doesn't understand this transition. Um, you can direct her to the website. Um, you can direct her to me. But yeah, there seems to be something. There's, there's another issue going on there somewhere, Sandra.
0: So, um we've got the uh the website coming up on here sanjay so you know please do uh get in touch with joe and and remember we're here for you mate you know um this yeah. is what dad is here for and you're definitely uh not failing you know we we try to do our best and and like joe said you've shown up here today you've asked a question you know you're interested you want to make a, a difference so um yeah and also nice much one. with the 14 year old
1: daughter who's you know she's so she's got loads of hormones, the 14-year-old daughter. Yeah, 14-year-old arrived hasn't got enough. So, you know, and this was the relationship I had with my mum. You know, I remember screaming in the kitchen because I was, you know, 15, 16 and it was all going on. And there she was in her late 40s, early fifties with, with not enough hormones. Um, and had we had the conversation about what was happening to both of us, we would have transformed our relationship. You know, and that's what makes me sad, and that's another big driver, you know, of getting this information out there. That you know, the mother-daughter relationship, especially as women are having uh, children older, uh, uh, older, you know, they're going to be bang smack in the middle of menopause. They're going to come, you know, they're going to come head to head, and and a lot of dads are going to be in the middle of brothers. So it's such an important conversation to have. I mean, maybe she's not coping well with your, your daughter being so hormonal. I mean, please, if you've
0: got another question, Sanjay, please, you know, pipe up and ask. You. Yeah, and we'll um, hopefully, well later on the show we'll we'll talk about you know periods, teenage daughters, and stuff like that because you know as as a there's dads out there uh, with daughters and they need to understand what's going on, how to have those uh, open conversations. Um, so going back to the to the menopause, is there some common symptoms? So uh, as a as a husband is there stuff that I can look out for, maybe I can pick up before my wife does?
1: Yeah, I think what, so anxiety. So the three main symptoms of the perimenopause are cognitive. So that's anxiety, depression, and uh, low moods. And they're, the, and they're the ones that people don't, we re- associate it with hot flushes, so that's the common one. That's actually not that common, having a hot flush.
0: Right, okay. It
1: really, it really is these these cognitives where suddenly you will go from being clear thinking to not being able to finish a sentence Your body will start to ache your mood for just whatever reason you'll just be feeling really really low um and and the anxiety um and a lot of women go and get put on antidepressants
0: can i just say quickly does it is this something that also would affect some women during their normal cycles but would happen for a longer period of time then
1: be It's almost like the perimenopause can be like a heightened PMS, premenstrual syndrome PMS. Okay. Um, and that's to do with the oestrogen, the happy hormone, the oestrogen dropping off, um, and the progesterone, which is the calming hormone, being more present. Um, but a lot of the symptoms are down to something called oestrogen dominance, which doesn't mean you've got too much oestrogen. It means you've got too much oestrogen in relation to your progesterone. Right. And what's really important is when we've used our hormones, we get rid of them. And our body gets rid of them through the liver, it detoxifies through the liver, which is why exercise is so hugely important. Uh, and diet at this time is so hugely important. Alcohol and the menopause, it really is not a good combo. It really isn't a good combo. And a lot of women will find themselves self-medicating because they are mm. bit, you know, they're not feeling great. And they've got all this other stuff going on, family pressure, work pressure, relationship, older parents, you know. And especially now, just coming out of lockdown, you know, so much uncertainty. Um, so, I of, I think if you see your partner starting to hit the bottle, you know, drinking half a bottle of wine a night or more, yeah. that's definitely a conversation that you need to have, What's, you know, what's going on. And that will then in turn affect sleep. Sleep's a really big sleep deprivation is a really, really big symptom. Again, that can be managed with diet and exercise.
0: So, yeah, it's, I mean, it must be a, a difficult you know, situate thing to pick up on, and I just thinking you know, like that that horrible response that we seem to have. You know, and you talk about hot flushes or oh, going through the change, love. Yeah. You know, or oh, is it that time of the month? It, it's so wrong, isn't it? It must be. Yeah,
1: and, must and libido be. will change. So I remember talking about the libido. The libido, a big like sex drive, can really drop off, right? Um, and you know, for many women, that's really really tough. But you know, again, HRT can help with libido. But that can really affect a relationship because all of a sudden you've gone from having you know, quite an active or healthy sex life. You know, you're not doing it every day, but you know, suddenly there's like no interest whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and she can't explain it because she's, you know, she still loves you and she still wants to be with you, but for some reason her motivation to have sex has gone. And that again can be made a lot of it down to stress, not just hormones, but a lot of it down to stress. So that's the big sort of elephant in the room for a lot of couples.
0: So, uh, can that manifest itself as just uh, a mental thing, you know, just that sort of lack of libido? Can there be physical changes as well?
1: Yeah. So, there is, uh, so estrogen is a lubricant and an anti inflammatory. So, sex can become painful because the vaginal wall will tighten, lubrication will stop, natural lubrication. Um, So, yeah, for a lot of women, they may think that they've got a serious problem. Yeah. Sex suddenly starts to get painful. And again, it's really, really natural. Uh, You know, women produce different amounts of natural lubrication, you know, all through their life. So that is not an issue. And lube, unscented, unfagrant lube, uh, a company called Silk or Yes Organic, can transform uh, a couple's sex life. And it's really, really normal. It's called vaginal atrophy, which is a really
0: horrible name. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, But yes, if your partner's saying that, you know, sex is uncomfortable, get some lube.
0: Wow. Okay, that's uh... but but the thing is, though, you know, we we it's such
1: a simple thing, but it's a difficult conversation for many, many people. You know, I'm I'm coming out of my comfort zone talking about it live on air. I have to say, but okay, you know, I talked about it last week on Instagram Live, and I got some amazing DMs from women who said, you know, thank you. I prompted me to have the conversation with my husband. We were on the verge of splitting up. And now we've had a conversation about it and you know our marriage can save our marriage and it's like Amazing. It's a simple little thing like that. And it's not you oh. can get the lube on the NHS, but get enough fragrance one that would be my big thing. Okay. And another symptom for women is itchy skin. A lot of women will complain of itchy skin. Um and as again we lose estrogen and estrogen, estrogen um, affects our guts and a lot of allergies will start in our guts, but gut health. Um and itchy skin, I felt dreadful about a year ago my skin was so itchy and i actually realized i had an allergy to fragrance so i stopped right. any products body wash um shampoo everything cut fragrance out completely and my itchy skin stopped so if you start using fragrance products you know down in your vagina and your vulva it's going to itch a lot when think they've got canister they're going to get the wrong treatments again so yeah fragrance don't use anything fragranced
0: uh, it sounds like such a minefield doesn't it and and you know I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it you know why why don't we talk about this you know why are we so embarrassed to talk about these things I think it's a generational thing hopefully if we can start as parents we can start talking about it to our children right now um you know they they can be a bit more you know blase about it can't it? it's just something what, that happens you've got four
1: boys you know though you might end up with four daughter-in-law's you know new yes. in between you don't know and they might, you know, you might educate your boys to talk about it. They could change that young girl's life. Yes. You so might come from a family where it's never talked about. So it's, you know, get get boys talking about it. Get boys talking about, especially, you know, when they're starting their sex life as teenagers. You know, it's so important that girls are honest and upfront about having their period and, you know, how they're feeling. Yeah, you know, I know we're going to come on to that. But, yeah, get boys talking about it. If this isn't just a conversation for the girl, this, this really needs to be...
0: Yeah, I, I don't ever remember having those those conversations, you know, um, with, with my parents. And I think that's quite normal for, for that, you know, my generation um, and certain generations before. And, you know, let's hope we can change some things. See Ruth's coming here. Hello, Ruth. Uh, nice to see you join us today. Uh, such an important topic to discuss and make uh, make it normal. It's new knowledge for a woman, let alone to guys. Yeah, tell me about it. You know, it's it's yeah it's certainly opened my mind up this is why we need to discuss these things and definitely this is why we're here so please do get involved ask your questions even if you've you know got experiences yourself you know please let us know because you might be going through something or gone through something that someone else is and you know just your experience and sharing that can really help other people and that's what we're doing today joe isn't it um So, uh, yeah. um, Hi, Sanjay. What are the telltale signs to know um, uh, that mood swings are about to occur? I seem to be blind to them and always put my foot in my mouth. Do these hormonal changes become predictable? Do us men need to be more sensitive and understanding? I would say definitely we do. And that's by knowledge. But, uh, yeah, Joe, can you uh, answer that one? So, I mean, I don't
1: think there's any you can't predict a mood swing. That, um, I wish we could, but you can't predict a mood swing.
0: But I would say
1: this is—you know—this is something that, that you know couples need to open up about. And if your um, partner's on the verge of having a mood swing, she needs to be able to say, "Listen, this is—I'm having a really bad day. I'm really angry. Anger is a really, really common symptom. Um, again, that's down to issues and dominance and getting getting issues in the system. So it's about being comfortable as a couple to have this conversation for her to be able to say." You know, sorry, I didn't mean to. I apologise, and for you to recognise it. And yeah, understanding and knowledge, and just get the elephant out of the room. I think just open up the conversation. There's no, it's so unpredictable. This whole period is so unpredictable, um, and it can make or break many relationships because it's not talked about. So, yeah, I can recommend some books um, that that you can you know both read. Or there's lots of information on my website, and um, you know, it's not it's a conversation you've both got to have you can't suddenly
0: become um what's the word? <laughs> if it's not been talked about before and it and it's still that kind of taboo thing in your house you know how would you suggest going around talking about that subject because you can't just go oh by the way have you, are you going through the menopause you know that's that's going to be listen, really I
1: listened to Tantra
0: Soul last night they talked
1: about the menopause <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah yeah it can be i, I think start-up.
0: I think that's going to be the hardest thing. I think for me now, I can be more open about it and talk with my wife about it. And when that time comes, we can both recognize it. And actually, I think in recognizing it yourself, um, you know, you, I suppose, uh, as a husband, I don't want to just go, "Oh, you're going to go off again," because I know that would trigger me. You know, that's that's not going to happen. But I guess if you can be open and and your partner can say actually like you said you know i'm I'm having a bad day today you can go okay right the baby's crying the kids are making a noise i'm going to help out a bit more um you know and just be more understanding i suppose
1: just be more understanding and you know for a lot of women they're trying to they're trying to deal with this because it's so unpredictable and it does kind of come out of nowhere and every day will be different i mean my biggest tool that I recommend to every woman is to cycle track, keep a diary of your cycle, even perimenopause, as your periods become uh, further apart or closer together, you will still be having a cycle. Um, And if you start cycle tracking from a really early age, again, I wish this would be on the school curriculum, you can really learn to understand those hormonal highs and lows. And then when you come into perimenopause, you will be familiar with those patterns of behavior, even though know, they may be more erratic. There will be certain symptoms that go okay. I could be I just have missed an ovulate and haven't had an anovulatory period where you ovulated but you didn't um, bleed, but you're still asymptomatic. And it can really that understanding of what your body's doing every month can just help you, you know, master the mental and physical side of your, of your health. It's your well being, so much information is in your period, they are fascinating. Uh, and they're, you know, they've seen as a handicap and
0: a problem. They're not, they're, they're insanely amazing. That's, uh, you're going to yeah.
1: want a period by the end of this, Mark. You're going to be jealous.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. I, uh, actually, great question uh, pop up here. Um, before I forget, though, just, just, Chris, take that one down for a minute and bring it up after I've asked this. Um, you were just talking about sort of tracking periods. And um, is there... We're all into our tech nowadays, so is there apps and tech that can help? Is there temperature fluctuations that, you know, smartwatches can pick up? I don't know.
1: There are apps, um, and there are a lot of apps. So a lot of um, women will uh, track their temperature and their cycle when they're trying to get pregnant, so you can use it. But actually, the flip side of it is actually, you know, you can um, get so much information gained from your period. You can use an app. I would say use a notebook and a pen. Okay. Because once you the easiest way to cycle track is to write down one, just one word down how you're feeling. That's in its most basic form. Uh, but the more you get into it, the more you elaborate. Write down what your sex life is like, what your appetite is like, what your energy levels were like, and slowly, slowly you start to pattern. Day one, so if we talk about a 28 day cycle which it's generic does not everybody will have the 28 day cycle but explanatory explaining, oh, I'll use a 28 day cycle day one is the very first day of your period, the day you start to bleed and then you go round from there yep. and once you get into if you don't know where you are in your period just start tracking, just start writing it down and slowly you will, you will come back to day one and you will see those highs, you'll see your oestrogen rising and you'll see your oestrogen go down and you'll see the behaviours associated and you'll be so much show yourself so much compassion and kindness because you'll understand where these monthly highs and lows fit in and the behaviors that follow and you won't think there's anything with you won't think you're being in a bag you won't think you know that's spacious you just completely understand how these hormones are affecting you and it is really fascinating and you'll be able to tell your partner that you're not in the mood for sex yeah That you're not in the mood for going to a party you know, i will be in the mood, great, and let's go to a party. I mean, you can book your diary around your cycle. Wow. You know, so there is times of the month when you want to go out and party. Yeah, Friday night, let's go to a barbecue. Saturday, go to a party. Sunday, let's have everyone around for a roast. Two weeks later.
0: No, no we'll I'm off schedule.
1: To... movie. But having that knowledge and passing that knowledge onto your partner, you know, they are just going to understand that it's completely natural that you're not this you know hormonal
0: high month. and i i would totally recommend journaling for everyone you know dad's oh. mums. I've got a, i i've got a i can't remember the name of it but it's, it's something like a line a day diary and it's a bit more than a line a day but um it's a five-year journal and you can only write in small bits i'm on my second year through it and it's amazing going oh wow i felt like that last year or oh we did this i always find it quite exciting writing down and of course Next year, I'll be going through, you know, those dates again, up up to five years. So I, I find it fascinating. And sometimes when you're feeling low, um, you can look back and go, actually, wow, this time last year, I was in a in a completely different place. So just something to recommend to anyone to do journaling. Right. And i tell
1: you, really, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of journaling and um, I love to ask my journal a question. Oh, so right. Something that you're really ruminating on or something that's really important. <laughs> you. So a lot of people struggle to journal. They go, I don't know what to write. Ask a question. Ask your journal a question. Something that's bothering you. Something you want an answer to. Because the answers are within us. Majority of the time, the answers are within us. If you write, uh, why am I so pissed off with my mother-in-law? You know what? You know, okay, she phoned three times and she texted, but you know, just write those. Write the questions down, and you will come up with the answer. It's like, oh, actually, the reason I'm pissed off is this. It's not the fact that she phoned me three times. And, you, know, getting, <laughs> like, you know, and it it's a brilliant way of getting rid of stuff that clogs up your brain you know your brain that
0: negative stuff that clogs up your brain to get it out on paper a, a bra- definitely a brain dump to get it out there yeah i i think uh you know it's so important part of our mental health and obviously it's going to really help um with with tracking those cycles as well um so chris let's uh punch that question back up uh So you are listening to the Dad of Soul Deep Dive. I'm Mark Cropley. We're here with uh, Joe Fuller from the Merry Menopause. We're talking about menopause and periods. If you're still listening, in fact, I know you are, because I can see you all there, please press the share button and let everyone else know we are here. So my six-year-old daughter is starting to pick up on signs of my wife's periods. And for some reason, asking me about it, how on earth do I talk uh, to a six-year-old about what a period is? uh joe that one's over to you
1: well yeah i mean how much does she love her daddy but she's yeah. um, asking you about it so i would be chuffed a bit uh, that your six-year-old's talking to you on that um i would just be completely upfront. Of, i mean don't go into the biology to use a you know terminology for a six year old but explain that it's it's about you know it's babies it's you know every every month mommy might have a how would you say to just a show? I've got to think about that, Mark. Because <laughs> uh, I suppose you've got to be really careful how much information they're, they're sort of absorbing at six.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose really. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I, I suppose reassurance, Heather, there's nothing wrong with mummy. Every 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 month mummy has a has a bleed. Mummy bleeds, from, you know. Um, but there's nothing wrong with her. I don't need to think about the answer to that. Can I think about the answer to that and, and get, I mean, be honest, don't cover it up, don't ignore it. Um, Just say it's It's going to happen to you. Try not to scare her. The word bleed might be a bit scary. Um,
0: I think, uh, actually, I mean, we've got a book floating about at the moment that the boys seem to just pick up on, and it's about our bodies and stuff like that. I think it's difficult knowing... You know the maturity of the children and the age group. My youngest, who's eight, picked it up the other day and he went, oh, there's pictures of bits in it," and threw it on the floor. You know, and it's like, well, <laughs> "Hang on a minute." You know, whereas the older one, I was, oh, "What's this? Oh, look at all those different types of widdies in there." You know, it, it's it, it's a minefield. But I suppose really, you, you've got to make them. You've got to know that at a level they understand. I guess, like you said, where babies come from for a start. So but there
1: certain words under for a six-year-old says bleeds <coughs> every month, so She's probably going to be horrified by that, isn't she? Yeah. Um, but again, you don't want to just make up some fictitious story because at six, she's going to no. be It's going to embed in her. It's going to be a really important <laughs> answer. Um, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask somebody who's got a six-year-old because I, I don't have children.
0: Um, how did you just just go on then from there while while we sort of talk around that? I mean, how how did you? Uh, you've got children yourself. How did you approach those subjects? Uh, did you say oh, you got, got children? No. Oh,
1: no, okay. No. Sorry.
0: I, oh, I thought I you said you had children. children earlier on. Okay. Fine. No. No
1: worries. No, I, I had to have that conversation with a six-year-old girl. Right. Um, I'm trying to think about the six-year-old me, but yeah, it wouldn't
0: have even been. I don't
1: no. know. Sanitary products around when I was six. um
0: Yeah, it's. it's,
1: thinking, it's I'll be honest, not, I mean, certainly, yeah. I don't really, do I you remember and, anybody out there?
0: Do you remember <laughs> when you had that conversation with your parents?
1: So, when I started my periods, my dad was at home, my mum and my sister was out. uh So, I knew it was coming, I was quite late, was 15, so there was an awful lot of. Like stuff going on for me as a teenage girl because I was kind of like the last one in my year to start my period. Um, and that's really stressful for young girls. And if I look back on um, that period, everybody talking about it going, Oh, Joyce, home. Uh, and my dad was home, and I remember I was so utterly delighted <laughs> starting my period. And I ran downstairs and went, like, Dad, I want my period. I've got my period. And he gave me 50 quid, which back in 1985, 86 was an awful lot of money. Uh, and I wore DNs at the time. Uh, and he said, <laughs> well, no, your period. he's here's 50 pick, go and buy some nice shoes. So you obviously <laughs> so, felt... It was a experience. But...
0: Yeah. So you obviously felt uh, comfortable having that conversation with, with your dad. You had that sort of open uh, relationship with him.
1: I am a bit of a daddy's girl. I mean, my dad's 88 now. God love him. And he's embracing my menopause. So and you know, interestingly, he said to me, "Oh, your mother never talked about it." Well, kind of, it's a two-way conversation, but let's, you know, you let's not go there. You're in your eighties, you know, mum's mum's gone. So, but yeah, he's fascinated by it now, and he's got you know so many questions, and it's like, gosh, how would your relationship have been? And my mum was a nurse, Mark.
0: Right, it wasn't
1: something that was discussed, you know, because it was just generational society; it just never got mentioned.
0: That's such a, a strange thing, isn't it? And it is that that sort of generation, you know, a lot lot wasn't spoken about uh, like that, and you know that's why now we we need to start having those conversations with our children. And I think you know, women
1: suffered. Women really suffered. Yeah, you think know, like, that you know, mother's little helper, and you know, women did, they were just put on like beta blockers and dreadful. They were really dosed up. You know, when they went to the doctors, it was like it was not a good time but you know women's
0: health really was not understood or sympathised with. so what's on the you know what's on the other side of the the menopause you know so we've we've talked about you know that that period um oh hang on before we go on then we'll we'll uh, take this one from sanjay uh, you said your dad is embracing your menopause such a great way of looking at it yeah i suppose because it's something everyone's going to go through right
1: well exactly and i'm embracing it you know and i I really, you don't have to go into a dark place with your menopause. A lot of women go into a really dark, negative place. And I really don't believe you have to do that. I think you can embrace it and I really think you can harness the power it and see the positivity in this transition. Um, You know, the merry menopause has come out of my menopause. I really felt this calling to educate women and support women and empower them to know what is going on with them and to let them know there's nothing wrong with them. Um, and a lot of it, you know, you look at women in their 50s, and doing amazing, amazing things, you know, yeah. there's this power in this transition, and we have a choice, we can really harness it, and we can really embrace it, we can have a really fulfilling post-menopause, it's 30 years, it's a third of our life, Yeah, you know, we can really, really do amazing things, um, we don't have to look at the negative connotations, yeah, there will be some physical challenges definitely some mental challenges that we can overcome them if we understand them and we talk about them and we communicate them
0: so did yeah, you
1: embrace
0: uh, it Embrace it, exactly embrace it we should all embrace it it's, it's our bodies it's not mine but you know it's, it's what's going to happen you know um yeah I, I just want to go back actually um and it was something i picked up on when you were saying you know the people could go into a dark place from this um, now, you you said you never had children. Uh, you know, was that a choice? And do you think that either yourself or some people get to a point where they go, I never can now. That's it. It's over. And, and can that really bring you into a dark place?
1: So I was with somebody and I thought he was going to be the guy I was going to have children with. It didn't work out. We split up and I was about 35 uh, and nobody else came along. So that was kind of like my childbearing years were over. Um, and I actually, I am really okay with the fact that I haven't had kids. I really am. but I do know for a lot of women in my position uh, and my situation, they are really grieving and mourning fact that, that that didn't happen. And I imagine that's really, really tough, a really, really tough place to get to. And that can send you spiralling into a whole world of not being good enough, never being chosen, never being picked, and you know, it didn't happen to me. But again, I do believe we have choices, Mark, Yeah, Uh, and we can choose to accept our situation and look at, you know, the positive side to what, you know, look at some of my friends with kids, especially during lockdown, and I just think, God, thank God, (laughs) with an eight-year-old and a six-year-old trying to homeschool and a husband working from home, you know, some women had it you know, really, really tough time of things. And something yeah. as well, you know, not just women. So yeah. I think it's about, and I counted my blessings then, that I was a single woman, you know, living on my own with no children, not doing have to do have any homeschooling or cook three meals a day.
0: I could um, always send Reggie around here. He's seven months old and he wakes up about half past three in the morning. Um Yeah, four, and then what it settles, it's amazing.
1: I live on the first floor. I don't think he'd make it up the stairs. But otherwise, of course, I would do <laughs> um, I have got a godson. I have got a godson who I adore, um, and that's been a really lovely thing. Is playing a hand in his in his growing up. I mean, he's eleven now, so he's like gosh And I feel like I've missed out a good few months with this lockdown because we, we have a date about every six weeks. We go on a date, we go out for oh,
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really lovely, and obviously we haven't been able to do that, so I'm
0: looking forward to catching up with him. So um yeah,
1: many women, many, many women will grieve
0: that. Um that I, I can imagine for me, obviously men don't go through that. And you know, unless we have an op, we effectively can produce children until the day we die. Um, you know, in most cases. But I would almost imagine if it did go through that, uh, you know, I'd almost grieve for uh, a loss of manhood, you know. Uh maybe I, I might feel that I've I've lost something and I'm not that person. And again, I think it's the, the word is embrace isn't it you know I've just um you know had my 40th or just I last year had my 40th birthday and I've embraced it I love it you know people go oh 40 love it brilliant I'm a man now you know I've been training all this time I've got another 60 years to go so you know the the first 40 years was just a, a training course um did
1: you get to 50 because I loved getting to 40 and I found that really empowering and then I was 50 during lockdown. Uh, and I don't, I don't. There's something about being fifty. It's flipping brilliant. Can't wait. My wife's <laughs> laughing at
0: me now. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there is something like, the older you get, I think you do. You know.
0: You do yeah.
1: I mean, i to swear I don't know, but you do. You do get a bit more of a like. You stop beating yourself up, and you start accepting who you really are. I think, and I think that's really yeah. part of the metaphors. It's a real transition into into realizing who you actually are. And actually
0: done brilliantly you've got this far but so exactly stop beating yourselves up it, it, it is where it is you are who you are and and we all we all do our best but i know sometimes it doesn't feel like that and it does feel like we're failing and you know i guess we've just got to find the support networks like dad the soul like the merry menopause to be able to yeah. realize we're not the only people going through what we're going through um I just wanted to. We got sort of ten minutes or so left. If anyone's got any questions, please put them in there. Um, you know, we're we're happy to talk around and, and answer them. Um, symptoms wise, so we, we've talked about recognising the symptoms. So apart from the medical hormone replacement therapy and all those other things, are there other things that we can do? Other natural remedies as as a as a, uh, a husbands, you know, is it is it about foot massages? Is there stuff that we can relieve symptoms?
1: Yeah. <laughs> massage definitely nightly yeah. yes <laughs> um so i think i think one of the big things that can help with symptoms is talking so whatever your relationship status is it's talking, talking to friends talking to family talking to partner talking to you know connecting online with the community talking about how you're feeling um you know that's so good for us up uh, whether we're menopausal or not. So I think my first thing would be to say talk about it. Um, Understand that it is natural. There is no cure. It's completely natural. Um, And if you don't want to go down the the HRT route, acupuncture can be really, really good. Um, And look at your nutrition. So natural therapies, naturopaths and nutritionists can be really, really helpful. Um, There are certain foods that can trigger hot flushes. Um, red meat is, is not ideal. Alcohol is we talked about, not ideal. Yeah. Smoking, really. I mean, smoking causes the vaginal dryness. It can also really affect your adrenals. Um, I mean, if there were two changes I was going to recommend, smoking and alcohol. Start exercising. Get moving. Go more plant based in your diets um, and talk. And don't suffer. And don't feel that you're failing or there's something wrong with you. This is a totally natural transition, and you know not all women will suffer, but if you are, yeah, know that there's nothing wrong with you and that you're not alone.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and dads as well. You know, I'd say to you, um, certainly for me, hitting forties been that point um, where I've I've sort of looked at my own health. And you know, I'm I'm cutting back on the drinking. I'm looking after my, uh, looking at the, the food I eat. Um, you know, I'm more aware of eating more fiber. Um, you know, I'm yeah. I'm going out running a few times a week, doing some weights. You know, because I I think, hang on a minute, this this vehicle here has been abused for the last twenty years. Um now if I if I want to get another sixty years out of this, um I, I've got to start looking after it. So I, I, I hear you with that, you know, that that sort of health, food, it's so important.
1: And I you know, I really you know, it is um the menopause is a wake up call for self care and for self love so for so long, so many women have put themselves, you know, haven't put themselves first and they've looked after their families. And now this really is the time as hard as it is for many women to put your health and your well-being first you've got to because you know you've got another 30 years after this and this is the real this is the real pre-planning preparation stage for an amazing life post-menopause you know if you still want to be sexually active if you still want to be um, ex- moving and exercising and working and you know having healthy relationships you've got to put the work in there
0: yeah yeah, I uh, just uh, in the last sort of uh, five minutes of the show here, um, roofs uh, popped up as an example as a single dad or a dad who only sees their daughter certain times. How can this be handled? So I can imagine with with co-parenting, um, you know, if if your uh, you know uh, daughter son comes over and, and starts talking about this, I guess one of the the things you've got to be careful with is having the conversation with your ex-partner first, because I, I guess it's something maybe you've got to do together um, and, yeah. and make sure you give that consistent message.
1: Absolutely, and I don't I mean, I, I know if we talk about periods or what metaphors here, but I think, you know, if, you're, if you've are if you got a daughter, absolutely, you know, tell the father when the daughter's starting the period, or tell the father that the hormonal changes are happening, you know, hair is starting to sprout, uh, you know, boobs are starting to grow, things are changing. Definitely. And for the, for the dad, you know, for the, if you notice it or the daughter brings it up, don't shut the conversation down. Be really brave, be really vulnerable, and keep that conversation going. Because if your daughter's reaching out and wants to talk to you, she, you know, that's a real gift and that's a real privilege. Um, so, you know, be as understanding as you can. And if you haven't got the answers, just have a, say you'll find the answers for her and you'll have a conversation with your mum or you know, your researcher. But don't shut the conversation down.
0: I mean, what about, um, you know, from the menopausal side? Son, daughter comes to stay with dad, and mum's acting all crazy. She's, you know, yeah. she keeps shouting at me. Um, that's got to be quite a hard conversation to have, especially with relationships with exes. You can't just go around and go, well, she's obviously going through the change. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think, I think in that situation, I think you've really got to take the ego out of it and be really supportive of your ex. Yes child who's caught in the middle and just say, you know, I I I don't know, I'll have a word with your mother, but it could be the menopause if you heard of that, this is what happens, you know, it's just hormonal change, it's really natural. um, and we need
0: to support her. It's it's got to be a very difficult conversation because you know it depends on that stage of the separation. You know, I expect if parents have been separated for a longer period of time, that hurt maybe is gone. Um, But I, I can imagine certainly if it's if it's been a few years you know, relationships are already strained, aren't they? And, and that's a real difficult yeah,
1: and, and, you know, her, her symptoms, you know, can exacerbate any sort of residue from that that relationship. the maybe is still, you know, there's some stuff that hasn't been forgiven if there's still some stuff that she's carrying around from it. It will be exacerbated by her menopause. Um, and so I guess... It's a really good wake-up call to get this healing, you know, get this stuff out, have that difficult conversation with your ex. You know, get it done once and for all, and move on.
0: Would it be best as well to pick the right part of the cycle to do that and recognise that, you know, not yeah. when you go back and she's like raging and like, oh, by the way, it's yeah. not going to happen, is it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are certain times in the month, I mean, especially in the I the first questions was about menopause at work. And, you know, I do corporate yes. education and I talk about how, um, you know, cycle tracking can really impact uh, the working environment and how you can get teams, you know, working together with their cycle. So, definitely, I mean, for a, a woman, you know, don't have a big conversation just before you're about to start your period, just before you're about to have a bleed. Don't go for an appraisal. Don't do a big presentation. You know, if you can, you know, the guidelines on how to manage it, but definitely difficult conversations, have them in the middle of the month, just as you're about to ovulate when your estrogen's high, because you will be emotionally in a much better place to handle any fallout or any negativity that comes back at you. you can do that just before your period.
0: So all joking aside, if if you kind of, you know, let's say you take the kids home and you're sort of thinking, well, we might have to have this conversation because the the child's picked up on it and you realise it's not the right time, do you come back in two weeks' time? Is it it as simple as that? No, it depends
1: if you know your cycle. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Is that information is (laughs) shared? I mean, it should be shared in any relationship. You know, they could almost have a chart on the wall. Whether or not your ex is going to be privy to your to your cycle, I don't know. Um, but you could, in all honesty, you know, and say it without smirking or smiling.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You know, I am. I'm. You know, I'm starting to understand. You know, women's cycles and hormonal ups and lows. I've got a really difficult conversation I want to have with you. Is this a good time? You know, how are you feeling? Are you? You're going to have to tread really carefully on that one. And yeah, a fractious, fractious relationship with your ex gonna be but hey being vulnerable being brave who knows she might go god I'm really impressed by that
0: yeah um, who's this man
1: yeah who's this, this isn't the man I married this is all the work I did and now you've met somebody else you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> brilliant um,
1: but, but yeah I mean yeah you can you can try definitely
0: she it's might, gonna be you
1: your head off but she might go away and think about it and go wow he's really
0: faster. I think what you gotta do is just um you know brace for that to happen and go okay all right now you know and not think of the kids think of the kids not react back and, that, and that's what I say to a lot of people at the end of the day you, you've got children together you know my parents split up when I was one years old I, I never knew any different I'm sure there was some fractious stuff that went on but ultimately you know I had a really good childhood and they both did it for me at the end of the day and look what they created no.
1: <laughs> creative.
0: My wife's laughing. I know you very
1: well, but look what you create. No, exactly,
0: exactly. Um, so we're we're pretty much at the end of the show here. Thank you for everyone that's put the comments on. Joe, how can we uh, get in contact with you and your organisation?
1: So website, um I'm on Instagram, Facebook. So my Facebook and Instagram open to men. I do have a private group on Facebook, which is just women only, because there's some you know sensitive stuff. But that is a great place. If your um, partner wants to talk confidentially to other women that's a great place to direct her um, and I do the corporate training and I also do one-to-one sessions with um, with women who are really struggling um, but obviously I would open that up to if somebody wants to talk
0: about it. fantastic. That's amazing, yeah. And we we flashed up uh, your details on screen there. And uh, just to mention before we go off, and uh, oh, hang on, there's the uh, yeah, there's the details coming up there. And in two weeks' time, um, we are talking about pediatric first aid, which I think is something that's going to be really important. You know, it's something um, I always worry about with the little one choking and stuff like that. And uh, you know, being in the in the scouts, the scout leader myself, I've done the first aid courses. So if you uh, you want to learn how to save a life or how to patch up a a hurt knee, then join us on the uh, 13th, I believe it is, um, where we talk about first aid for kids. So, Joe, thank you very much. You've been amazing. Chris, producer, you've been amazing. Uh, The audience have been amazing. And I've been Mark Cropley. Thank you for watching.